All right, Daily Action Zone coming up in 15 minutes. Got our Badger Hockey Insider, our buddy Jocko in the 7 o'clock hour. Also a uh, shot for you to get in on the uh, on the Live Amon Green Show coming up on Friday. All right, uh, we put this uh, Twitter poll up at Zone Madison. Right now, who or what is to blame for the lack of production or the struggles with the Packer offense. Your choice is Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, the wide receivers, or nobody. They're fine. They're fine. Uh, how can you how can you do a Twitter poll or how can you ask a question about what's wrong with a team that's in first place and is at 10 and 3? Uh, or you can say, look, did you watch that Redskin game? Did you watch the first three quarters of the Giants game? Did you watch the 49er game? Like, Did you watch offense? the Packers, bro? Did you um, watch the Chargers game? Yeah. Uh, we have a question here from Rory. The King RXX says, what about the offensive line? It's easy to put the blame on the playmakers and coach, but if they don't have a healthy and consistent O-line, the playmakers can't make plays. It's boring. That's, yeah, it is, uh, but, and I don't know. I mean, look, yeah, they could. I mean, look, you could go wide. You could go tight end. You could go. I mean, you could go a number of different plays. You could. At some point, you could go GM and say they don't have enough talent. But I think that the, the consistent. Blame Mark Murphy. <laughs> you go there. You go. Hell, you blame Mike McCarthy, which some of the JK did. Scott fan club account did. I don't get that one, but okay. Uh, no, I think the three that I've heard the most is obviously Lafleur because at times the play calling is unimpressive. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers for either holding on to the ball too long or making poor decisions or the wide receivers because they just, they don't have anybody after Devontae Adams. And the most bizarre thing is, is when Devontae Adams was out, that's the, the only four games the offense actually looked look good. good. We could do the cop-out answer and say all the above, but that's no, really, no, that's no. really boring. It's nut cutting time right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and who's, I think I saw Aaron Rodgers leading the poll already. Um, and then on Facebook as well, I put it up there. So, is Aaron Rodgers, he's leading 47%. The next would be no one, they're fine. Is Aaron Rodgers the sole person to blame and MVP, a guy that won you a Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, it's, uh, we'll see Good where the we po- got time to talk well, about. Well, yeah, it. I mean, I, we'll see. I mean, we're, we're, what, 19 minutes in. But, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I, I put it this way. When, like, somebody asked about the offensive line or somebody asked about Goody, I mean, like, yeah, there are other candidates or the, like you said, the all of the above. Um, I certainly think Aaron Rodgers is part of the story. Again, I don't know that he is the biggest story. I, I definitely think he deserves to be on this list. I think there have certainly been, when you look at some of the games he's had, the stats haven't been good. So then the question is, is he to blame for the games that the stats haven't been good? Or, again, does that is it the coach not putting him in a position to succeed in the games he hasn't had good stats? Or is it... Yeah, have you seen their wide receivers? They can't get open. It's that, you know, if he had two or three better wide receivers, he'd have better stats. Or do you say, no, it's the quarterback's job to get the wide receivers open and get them stats, and he has missed. That's why Aaron Rodgers should be the vote here. Well, what did Rodgers say after the game against the Redskins that um, it wasn't pretty, but he wouldn't mind winning ugly all the way to the Super Bowl? Like, yeah, totally. If you're winning ugly, but you're winning. And you win the Super Bowl. Right. I don't think anyone would really care because you'd you'd won the Lombardi Trophy. Matt Lafleur, not last, not yesterday, but um, two days ago, he said this, and I just I had to chuckle because this is like the ultimate coach speak ever. Ooh, I love coach speak. We need to do a better job of communicating goals on every play. Packers head coach Matt Lafleur discusses how the coaches need to do a better job of showing players what it is that they're trying to get accomplished on each play. <laughs> is that the, the dumbest thing you've ever heard? 
Uh, yeah, what we're trying to do here, Aaron, is you got to put your dream board together. We're going to put our dream board. What do you want to? What are your goals in life before you hike the ball here? <laughs> what do you think the goal is to get a first down? Isn't it to get positive yardage and score? Isn't that the goal of every play? Is to advance the ball? Isn't that the goal? Yeah, that that seems you know that we need like... to do a better job of showing players what it is we're trying to get accomplished on each play. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, that'd be like you know we need to do a better job of turning on the mic yeah, and like and putting our fader up, right, and uh, making it until ten o'clock every day. The goal of the Joe Nebo Show is to be here from six to ten <laughs> and to have the microphone on during talk breaks and to turn it off during commercial breaks. What like, is, it? is that the way they take it all the way down to the end of the play clock is because Matt LaFleur is whispering Aaron Rodgers years the goals they want to accomplish <laughs> for the, this upcoming year? It seems a little hokey. I'll give you that. It's just that's, that's so, the coach speak. Well, maybe it is. Is, is Matt LaFleur, uh, is, is he t- the one to blame this? Because at the end of the day, you know, whether you like or don't like Aaron Rodgers at the, uh, at the end of the day, it's not his call. It's if you, unless you believe that Rodgers is still at the, the play changing thing. Uh, that it is Matt LaFleur's offense, and therefore it's Matt LaFleur's you know, responsibility to make this offense better. I mean, he is the coach, right? He's the guy that, I mean, McCarthy got all the blame for everything. That's true. Why so, isn't LaFleur getting more blame? I guarantee if we flip-flop Matt LaFleur with Mike McCarthy in this Twitter well, McCarthy poll, would be leading McCarthy in would be leading over Rodgers. People will be wanting to fire him again. For this offense, which is so insane to me when the the numbers are almost identical from last year, but the Packers are healthier uh, yada yada yada. That no one is ge- Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers are getting absolutely no blame for anything. Have you heard anyone? I've, I've, I've oh, heard I think people Aaron Rodgers is getting blamed this year. I've heard people saying the offense looks ugly. Sure, but not many people want to say that Aaron Rodgers is at fault here. Matt Lafleur is at fault. There's a, there's a little bit of it more than last year, but you don't hear much of it, do you? Oh, I think well, I mean, as evidence right here. I mean, again, very early in, but Rodgers is out out to a lead. Um, I don't know, Nelson. You're 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 Mount Notice again. I'm surprised Matt Lafleur's never made it on Mount Notice. I'm I'm actually kind of confused on that one. Where you have you've had guard, you've talked about Chris Council. What 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 is what has Matt Lafleur not done to get you in in the Mount in the graces of Mount Notice? Matt Lafleur is just skating by because they're winning, <laughs> but they're winning ugly. And I mean, me and Ebo have had private conversations off air. About gonna our thoughts on Matt. Man, what do you guys get? What do you? Where's this going? I'm excited. Our thoughts on Matt Lafleur and how he looks like at most times during the season, probably in over his head with a lot of things being a first year head coach. Well, that's what you get with the first year head coach. But numbers are the same as last year. The Packers are afforded a lot. The Packers are lucky. And he's this supposed year. to be They're a wonder boy, an offensive true. genius. Also true. But then the you go back and look it. at his past statistics with his other teams and. They're kind of bad. Like, you can't even look at him and go, man, this is really good. You look at how he took, like, Tennessee from, like, a bottom feeder offense to, like, still a bottom feeder, like, a few spots better. I know. It was, like, a week, two weeks ago, I think it was, Marcus Mariota under Matt LaFleur had, like, a 53.6 QBR. Aaron Rodgers under Matt LaFleur has, like, a 53 QBR. It was, like, the same QBR. Mariota and Aaron Rodgers under Matt LaFleur. So are you guys saying is the vote for you, Matt LaFleur, then is the problem with the Packer offense? I'm not there yet to vote for LaFleur. I see Rodgers doing a lot of things, too, that I think he's picked up some bad habits. There's a, lot, there's, there's a couple of guys on Twitter that I follow that break down a lot of tape and show you what Aaron Rodgers is doing um, not well anymore, and it's kind of eye-opening. A lot of Rodgers stands that would get on their knees for him don't want to say it exists, but if 
I mean, I could retweet some of them and show you some of them. It's pretty pretty alarming of what Aaron Rodgers is doing as opposed to what he used to do to make the Packers good. I don't know if that's a LaFleur problem, that's a Rodgers problem, if Rodgers is playing out of the system and not buying into it. I don't know what it is. It's, to me, it's between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. I haven't voted yet, though. Uh, all right, 608-321-1670. Uh, who or what do you think is – because – Look, the other point where you know you could say is all of the above or none of the above is at the end of the day they're ten and three. I think this comes from the thought of yes, they're winning, but if the ultimate goal is to really make a playoff run, this offense isn't good enough. You know, it's it's good enough to find a way to beat the Redskins, and it's fine. It's good enough to find a way to beat the bear or the Bears early in the season and the Giants last week, and and good good for them. I mean, look, they they've won the games they're supposed to. But if you really want to be serious and you really want to say you can make a run and this team gets into the playoffs, the question is, is it good enough, whether it is LaFleur, whether it is Rodgers, whether there is a lack of stars at the wide receiver position, is any of that good enough to get the job done in the playoffs? And I think that's where Packer fans would come back and say, like, yeah, I'm not too sure. Well, the offensive performance they put on the Washington Redskins is not going to win you any playoff games against a quality Probably team. Probably not, no. And then you saw them play against a quality team in the Niners. That offense, what did they even do? Uh, not little to nothing. So, Well, let's look at it this way. If you had to have the Packers play any of the teams that are probably going to make the playoffs in the NFC, which teams would you feel confident they could beat? Well, but okay, beating in Green Bay, beating in their place, is it neutral a, field? Doesn't matter. Well, in Green Bay, they they won ugly twenty to fifteen against the lowly Washington Redskins. Yeah, but I I mean I I think you could I I think I could find a way to for them to win ugly against good teams, bad teams. The question is like we were joking about going back to California on a neutral field. Nelson, answer your question. Um, I mean, I I, don't, I feel confident about one team, and well, that's I the think, Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, look, they beat the Vikings, so I would I would not say they can't beat the Vikings. Well, I, mean, we were, we I, I would t- say they. I would feel confident you could beat the Vikings in the playoffs. We were talking about this yesterday of who's closer to a contender and who's closer to a pretender. What do you think the Cowboys are? Well, they're a definite pretender. What do you think the Vikings are? Oof, see, now that's a good one. Uh, I think they're Green Bay. I think they're the exact same thing. I could argue very good that they're a pretender. I can argue very good they're a contender. I think they're exactly what the Packers are. See, if, I, if we were to rank pretenders and contenders, pretenders being at the bottom of the list, I'd put Cowboys bottom, and then I'd I'd have to put Packers or Vikings, probably the Packers, as the next biggest pretender of a playoff team. So I, would put, I mean, they beat them. I mean, if the Vikings beat them next week, I mean, all I can go by is the record. Packers... With a pretty True, comparable look at the schedule. Eye t- if you're looking at the eye test right now, the Vikings beat the Packers. Uh, yeah, but I, See, I, I like to reevaluate the teams after every single week. Just because you won week two doesn't mean Minnesota's not a better team right now. What is it, week 14? Well, they could be, but you, I mean, until they play, I, I mean, I would still go by. It's like the college football. It's the Penn State-Wisconsin argument. Like, everyone will say Penn State passed the eye test. They're a better team than Wisconsin. They deserve the Rose Bowl. The college football playoff committee said, tough titties. Wisconsin beat Minnesota. You lost to them. Wisconsin gets to go to the Rose Bowl. Same thing. Yeah, the Vikings may be better than the Packers. All you got to go by is they beat them. Green Bay won the game. Like, if Minnesota beats the Packers 28-7 next week, uh, the Vikings are probably a better team. But I think you got to be honest with yourself of who's a contender and a pretender when you look at the eye test. 
if you're going just by week by week, then who's the, the Packers look like a contender or a pretender for the playoffs after beating the Redskins? Uh, definite pretender. It is our guy, Barry Richter. It is the Richter. hockey grade. Barry, you dressed warm today, brother? Oh, man. Hey, I like it. I got my rink all ready to go, I think, after last night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Richter pond, baby. Barry, the official terminology when it gets this cold is it's colder than a witch's titty on days like today. <laughs> So make sure you put, post that at the ring. Colder than a witch's titty. Oh, my gosh. It is it is cold out there, that's for sure. Bite but, ass. Uh, hockey guys like cold. We yeah. like it cold. That's how we, we skate on the ponds in the winter, and that's what we like to do. Okay, Barry Richter. Should be a, a Barry Richter-inspired Twitter poll. You should put this up on your Twitter. What's colder right now, the temperature or the Badgers play in the Big Ten? Oh, man. Yeah, geez. You know, it's just it's a good time to have a break, right, boys? I mean, it's just... Uh, it's it's a tough one right now for the the hockey team, and it just it just seems like they can't get things going. Uh, they're playing very good teams. Michigan State, I knew that was going to be a tough one on the road for them. They're they're a rising team uh, who has went through some doldrums themselves the last couple of years, but now I've gotten out of it. So I knew it was going to be a tough one to go on the road at a small rink size uh, over there at Michigan State. Um, Anyways, it's uh, you know when you when you lose three zero, look sounds like they ran into a hot goaltender on Friday night, couldn't solve that issue, uh, put up about forty one forty one plus shots on net, and and they couldn't even uh, get one goal. So, you know it's it's and then you lose one in overtime five four. So it's just it's one of those things. It's snowballing in the wrong direction, and it can go both ways as we all know in sports. Is it's either you're feeling good, and 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 even the the games that are you're supposed to you're not playing well. You look at the Packers and not playing well, and they win the games. And then and then you look at the teams where, you know, you're hitting posts and all those things, and you're losing in overtime. So, it's a tale of uh, two things here for the team. Uh, visiting with our guy Barry Richter, and yeah, I mean to that point, Barry, it's not like there's a lack of talent. I mean, heck, I just saw on Monday the U.S. Uh, hockey for the junior national roster release. You have four Badgers on it. Uh, you know, 28, and it's going to get cut down to, you know, 23. And, you know, a quarter of the roster, or t- 15, 20% of the roster could end up being Badgers. So, I mean, look, there's talent on this team. We know that. We just got to figure out a way for them to all play together, right? Yep. And that's it comes down to just, uh, like we said the last couple of weeks, just simplicity. And uh, it's when you have a lot of talent, then you just got to be a little bit more basic because it's, uh, you know, all those guys are very skilled players. And so, you just got to try to get uh, get shots on that, get it through, get some goals that way. Got to get the power play going. Obviously, that sort of sparks teams when they're down. Uh, when you do have a chance, <clears throat> excuse me, five on four, you know, and that just seems not to be happening for the Badgers. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good time for a break. It's a good time for these guys to go focus on their studies. Uh, as you said, you have Holloway, and then is going to be trying out for Team Canada and Caulfield, Turcott. Emerson and Kendra Miller will be trying out for Team USA and, and the World Juniors, which is a great, great tournament over uh, the holidays. Starts December 26th, and it's usually on NHL Network, which is all the best 18 and 19 year olds in the world playing at this tournament. So it's a good time to take a break, and that's one thing you got to do. And, and you know, you look back at St. Louis Blues uh, in the NHL; they got into a city, they were down in the dumps. Coach Craig Berube, his old school, says, "All right, put your bags upstairs in the hotel rooms. Let's go. Time to get out and go. Uh, go have some fun." And sometimes you got to do that, guys, with a team. And, then, and maybe these guys just have to do a little reset, where you just sort of maybe don't practice for a couple days, 
and they just go out and have fun in the town. And, and it doesn't matter if you drink or don't drink. It's just about being part of the team, and, that, and that's maybe something these guys got to do. Barry, did you ever do something like that? Did you ever go in a little funk in your playing days and you had to shake it out somehow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's just and it happens. And exactly what Craig Berube did with the Blues, that's what, that's what happens in NHL. You just... Sometimes you just got to say, all right, let's all go. Everyone's mandatory. It is mandatory that everyone goes and, and goes out, uh, has a nice dinner, and goes on the town. And like you said, it doesn't matter if you have a couple of beers or you don't. Some team it's more building. About being together. It's team building and just and just getting away from the rink, getting away from you know the negativeness, and just coming together and having fun and just a little bit of a blowout. And then that sometimes shakes it, guys. It does, and it worked for St. Louis Blues last year, won in the cup, and. And maybe these guys got to look at something to do over the holidays where you just come together as a team and, and maybe just get away and have some fun. What would Barry Richter do? Go bowling? You know, maybe <laughs> maybe go to fast forward and do some uh, rollerblading? What do you think, Barry? Yeah, I mean, bowling's always fun. You guys, <laughs> like I said, watching sporting events, watching other things, watching bowl games, getting together. You know, I think it's uh, it's one of those things where it's just it's all about being part of it, laughing, doing something where you're just not talking hockey but getting away from it, and then you just have a little bit more energy that next day when you have practice or that next game. You have some kind of energy there, which you didn't have before. You know, back to this uh, junior world team. I mean, these guys won't be taken up here. They'll be playing. And, you know, if all four, and then you throw in Dylan Holloway, uh, who is, was invited to Team Canada, this would, you'd be talking like 1983, uh, Tony Granato, Jim Johansson, Gary Suter, uh, I mean, again, one of the greatest collections of, of, of talent. So, again, you, you look at these guys, you know, and maybe the, the notion of some of the team gets the month off, can can there, can there be a rallying for the guys that are playing, go out there, maybe get a taste of success playing with the best in the world, and then bring that back, and come January, this team's, you know, inspired by what these four or five Badgers do at the at the World Championships? Yeah, and when you usually come back from this, the game is a lot slower. And and uh, we've always talked about it year in year out when these when you have a the one, two, or three players from the Badgers that go play in the the World Juniors, they're playing at the best. They're playing at a very very high high, high fast pace. And then when you come back and you play at the collegiate level, things are a little slower. You feel a little stronger. You have more confidence in you. And so hopefully that transcends because the Badgers got to hit it hard right away in the new year when they start and, and they got to start potting some wins full wins out there so they got to get something going so hopefully these guys can bring some positive vibe back from uh, playing in the world juniors and then also it uh, you know it all depends when they come back too i mean there might be a, a a series where you know these guys that are playing uh for their for their nation uh, are not back in time for uh league play so you got that to sort of contend with Barry, is it nice to have that little break off? Like, I know you're talking about getting your mind off everything, but what is it like when you're in school? I know it's a little different in your day when there wasn't really, you didn't have the online classes and whatnot. What was it like having to go through school while you're playing and then not being in school and having that little yeah. break? Or not playing well, and being in school? Well, you get a taste of what it's like to be a professional hockey player. You're, you're, all you're doing is focusing on hockey. You know, once, that, once you have the holidays come, your exams maybe go up until the 22nd and 23rd. And then you go home and maybe see your family for a couple of days, and then you get right back into it, and uh, and sort of shake the, you know, get right back in the swing of playing hockey. Because when you take a couple of days off, it's it's definitely uh, it takes a while to or, or a couple of hard practices to get the legs back together. So, but you are just focused. You are off a month. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to study. So you're just focused. Coming at the rank, maybe having a little extra time after practice to work on some things or shooting or skating, the skill work or, or maybe hitting the weights. 
and doing some training off ice too because you don't have to go to school so it's it's really like it's it's fun it's you come and you're always focused about one thing and that's playing hockey so you sort of feel like a professional in that sense uh, visiting with former Badger great uh, Barry Richter, our Badger hockey insider. Uh, Barry, you look at kind of the struggles, and you know you go back to the the, the non conference, the early in the season. Uh, obviously, getting that huge sweep over Duluth, and you know getting a split, you know, in that first couple of road series. Then you look at Big Ten play two seven and one, uh, which isn't very good in in the Big Ten. Is it more of Big Ten play? Is it more of just the funk right now? I mean, is there one thing you can point to? Uh, you know, they're two and seven on the road this season. Is it, you know, being away from the Cole Center? Like, what's the biggest thing that's jumping out at, at you for why this team is struggling right now? Yeah, I think it's, it, it, I don't think it has anything to do with the Big Ten play. It all depends. If, if they're uh, in Big Ten, you know, four out of seven of these teams are going to be in the top 16, or at least three will be in the top 16 heading to the NCAA. So, no matter who they play, at least they're going to play teams that are, you know, ranked and are going to be in the NCAA. So you got that to contend with with the Big Ten play because you only have six other teams than you. And then uh, in addition, you have the hungry teams that are in the bottom, you know, half of the Big Ten that are that are fighting for everything they have. And so and these teams have improved over the years. And so and they're not something to just uh, – they're not ranked 60th in the nation. I mean, they're right there 30th or 33rd. And so they got very good teams, and, and they want to get their points. They want to build their resume and try to get somehow sneak in there into the lay. So you have these constant, you know, uh, games that you're playing against people that are really competitive. Um, they know you're down. They're going to jump on you. And like I said, it's, sometimes it's a snowball effect where it's just they know that they they have maybe an upper hand just starting the game if they can just keep, you know, keep pounding, keep going, and, and play the game and just waiting for their mistakes to happen. And so and the Badgers have made mistakes. You just have to look at the games. I mean, they've made mistakes that are correctable. So that's a good thing is that coaches, when you look at it, say, listen, we could do this, we tidy up that. You know, then we could alleviate some high, uh, uh, really high-quality chances in the slot or high-quality chances on our goaltender. So there are things that can be fixed. It's just a matter of the, if the boys want to do it or they don't. And, you know, and then that and that comes down to, uh, you know, wanting to play a team game and, and wanting to get some wins. And sometimes you got to sacrifice your personal goals or your personal uh, maybe future things that are happening down the road for the betterment of the team. Well, Barry, I'm thinking I can hear it right now. You know, you got to get back to the basics. You just got to do the basic things, do the little things, and the big things will come. Right? Is that the good yeah. coach speak right there? That's it's all coach speak. Just I mean, back to the basics. Not, we are not reinventing the wheel. I mean, these, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> there you go. There's another at, one. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah, they're looking at videotape. I mean, they're they're looking at the things they do. I've watched these games. The the the, the goals that are that are getting scored on on the Badgers are things that that can be corrected. That they're definitely watching the film tape. So it's a matter of just you got to learn about these things. You got to make sure you're in the right position. You got to make sure you're moving the puck as a defenseman, not turning it over at your blue line, and then all of a sudden it's a two on zero or two on one back there. Two on zero on a power play, you know, a short hander that happened a couple weeks ago at home at the Cole Center. That should just not happen, guys. I mean, that's a rarity in itself. So. You know, these are things that are easily correctable. It's just a matter of if the guys want to do it or not, and and it's really truly up to them. Sometimes it's all. It, sometimes it's coaches can only do so much. I mean, that's 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 the way it is, right? I mean, it's it's whether it's in collegiate sports which, or, or professional sports, it's about the guys that are on the field on the ice that have to get it done that listen to the coaches on what to do. So it's it's really the guys in the locker room. So it's a good time to take a break. Hopefully they can get some positive vibes, you know, get away, 
and, and, and maybe get some energy going and head into 2020 with a, a little streak here. Uh, final thought, Barry, before you let go, visiting with Barry Richter, you know, you look at this, if this is the, you know, the halfway point of the season, uh, you 16 games left uh, once we come back in January. What what do you think it's going to take to get this team back into, whether it's Big Ten contention or top 16 contention to get it, you know, an at-large berth? You know, what's what's if we're putting like a magic number, what, how many wins do you think this team needs to get the second half of the season? Uh, I think they got to get 10 out of 16. I don't even have a discussion about it. Um, and, and so the, the good thing is that they're playing well, and hopefully these rankings take that into consideration of what teams are playing well lately. So hopefully if they can get on a run here and get 10 out of 16, I know it's, a, it's just a number I'm pulling out of there, but I, I look at that as, a, as if you go 10 and 6 down the stretch, you have a chance to get in. They always have a chance to get in in the uh, Big Ten playoffs if they're feeling good about their game heading into the playoffs and they run the table and win the Big, big Ten playoffs. And they can get in that way too. So it's not a little realm of possibilities that they can get in the in the NCAA um, you know tournament. It's just a matter of you do have to put some stretches here. You have to have a, a three game or four game winning streak that you got to put together. And so it can be done, boys. You well, got to think positive. Yeah, I do. I, you know, you were talking about team building, and you know that the Blues coach told them all go on. I would say if I'm Granado, I come in there and say nobody cut their hair for the month. We want flowing <laughs> mullets on January go. 10th when we play Ohio State. You know, I like that. I, I noticed their hair was a little short. Yeah. yeah. Let that thing that go. Longer. They got to get the they got to get the Richter, Strobel, all-team, all-state <laughs> hockey mullet team going from the late 80s. I, like I said, I think you guys are onto something. So, you know, let's, 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 we got to promote that. Grow it out until you put some streaks together on the winning column. Thank you, pal. Thanks, Barry. All right, boys. Take care. See you, buddy. There he is, Barry Rick, the Badger Hockey Center. Nelson, you said it was – you're probably right. Well, how, how much better – there was – what would you say? How many more percentage or how much more percentage of Wisconsin making the college football playoff than the Brewers signing Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg? Because I think well, you I think would both say those are impossible odds. Going into last weekend, wasn't it the Badgers had like a 12% chance – I thought it was was it eight twelve. It was very yeah. It was close to that. You're you're Something not around there. The Brewers had zero percent chance to sign any of those top guys. I mean, maybe they had roughly a ten percent chance to get Zach Wheeler, but you know, Strasburg and Cole were no chance. So if the Brewers were to sign Garrett Cole with what the Yankees did, the Brewers would spend how much of their salary? Well, currently, I think they have a salary of about seventy million team wise. Garrett Cole by himself was thirty six million a year. I mean, we've talked about it twice today. Oh, Garrett man. Cole's worth more than four different countries. The Bre- <laughs> See, the Brewers, we were talking about earlier, the Brewers are definitely a stepping stone for guys to get paid. Yes, that's the selling point. Look at CC Sabathia. He came to the I mean, he Look wanted out Yasmani of Cleveland. Grindal. Look yeah. at Mike Zach Grinke. Zach Grinke. Moustakas finally got paid. You don't, if you're David Stearns, you don't recruit players to get paid here. You say, come to Milwaukee for a year. You're probably going to go to the playoffs as a wild card division champ, and then in the offseason, we'll get you paid. My God. We're not going to pay you. But what does that say about Yelly? Yeah. The Yankees will pay you. The Dodgers will pay you. The Diamond, we're not going to pay Oh, God, no. You're not re-signing here. Like, we're just going to make you a lot of money somewhere else. Yeah, Garrett Cole is going to the Yankees for a $324 million hey. nine-year deal, and the Brewers are like, hmm, should we sign back Eric Thames? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The better, the better analogy there is, 
Man, I don't think we should tender Claudio at 2.2 yeah, million. I think uh, we should let him go because the rule change, he's going to lose a little value and we'll save 500 grand. And that's what the Brewers did. They and saved, that's exactly what they the did. The Brewers saved 500 grand. The Brewers signed Claudio at how much? Well, it was 500 grand less than the, what they would have had to pay him. <laughs> and the Yankees are getting called for 324 that's, million. That's just the difference that we're talking about here. But I will. I will say this, you guys, and uh, Brewer fans, I want to hear what your like take is on this just bizarre offseason. I will say this. The, the best thing about Garrett Cole, for the Brewers' purposes, I did see old Wiley, Wade Miley. There's a rumor that he's, he's he wants back in, Millie. Bring him home. So I said bring, bring him, him home. home to Garrett Cole. And you said, is he from Wisconsin? I said, well, he's got to have some kind of distant relative. Now, I could definitely say, and it would apply, right? Can I say bring him home for Wade Miley? Because he actually was a Wisconsin resident for a year. Can I say bring him home? Yeah, and he's available. He's a lefty. And he he's wants to come not back. not going to be super expensive. He still pitched good last year yes. for Houston. He was their third best pitcher, and they had the guys who finished one and two in the Cy Young. I'm all for it. Here you go, boys. So, Garrett Cole, $324 million, nine-year deal. Alex Claudio, one-year deal, $1.7 million. Hey, but they didn't have to pay him two hundred and twenty-five. <laughs> Bring it, yeah. Give us Wade Miley. Okay, the Yankees are celebrating a ticker tape parade because they just spent four hundred dollars on the greatest pitcher of all time in their mind. Would we have a parade if the could we have a Joe and he, we were going to have a parade for Nelson? Uh, I was going to buy a float yeah, in either spoiler. the Setnamai or the Middleton Good Neighbor Fest. I was going to foot the bill for Nelson's float had he won the ultimate D bag bracket. Can we buy a Joe and Ebo show parade float for Wade Miley somewhere at these same parades to say welcome Man, could back? Could you imagine if I had to sit? In a sitting in my parade car with D bag of the year on each side while I'm tossing out, would have been amazing. Tossing out D bags to people. If in the you crowd. would have won the ultimate D bag bracket, Nelson, we wouldn't have paid for anything. The D bag move would just be put a car into the parade without saying anyone. You just bogart your way into there. You're strong arm it in. What are they gonna tell you to do? What are they gonna stop the parade? Tell you to get out? No. I'd throw a bag at him. Uh, exactly. there, by the way, Nelson, there is a backpack called the douchebag that it's a high-end backpack. It's $199. So are you talking about the women's hygiene project product or are you talking about the extra? Because if you were throwing out the douchebag backpack on Amazon right now, it's selling for $199. Yeah, look at this. The douchebags. <laughs> What a bag. Look at that backpack. That's a pretty nice backpack. So, it's kind of cool. Are you talking about, There's again, this douchebag on what, it. What douchebag are you throwing out? I like the green, the, the army green one. That's pretty nice. Ooh, the black and gray. But I think Ebo's right. I think the uh, I think the douchebag uh, would have been just to have an empty car. Yeah. Like, you don't leave say it, anything, mar- Leave it parked sideways yeah. in the middle of the setting of my parade route. And everyone would be like, who's this douchebag who parked his car sideways? And then on the side yeah. of the car would say, douchebag of the year. year. I mean, we'll oh, just, that's Rowdy Razor. We'll move some barricades, tell some people to move, and we'll slowly right. scoot our car in there. That'd be totally simple. People like, what the hell are these guys doing? Oh, they're oh, they're just douchebags. What could have been? Yeah. So what do you back to my board the start? What could we have a bring them home parade for Wade Miley and put him in the set in my parade? That the, the Brewers, you know, the Yankees are celebrating Garrett Cole. The Nationals are celebrating Steven Strasburg. Ah, fooey, ah, ah. we're bringing him home. Can we have a Wade Miley day? We were talking. Somebody suggested you should run for governor, Nelson. As governor, you can make proclamations of days. Would you have Wade Miley day? In Wisconsin, if he resigns with I the mean, Brewers, I mean, if he resigned with the Brewers and they won a World Series, I consider it. Yeah, if and it would be a paid-off holiday. If you were governor, hell yeah, hell yeah. Where would you put Mount Notice? <laughs> I would, I would be finding my tax money going to the building of Mount Notice. 
right in the front yard of the the Capitol. I was just gonna say, <laughs> as bad as those. Oh, you know where I'd put it? Middle of Monroe Street. Oh, right across the street from Edgewood High School. Yeah, just bulldoze all those houses and put Mountain Notice. Right across, and we'd have a big football game to celebrate yeah. your yeah. mountain notice. With the lights as bright as they can get yeah. and some sound. We would, like, we'd have Edgewood play a football game at midnight, and yep. we'd have uh, Steel Panther was yep. in town last yep. night playing. With mountain notice. Do some zoning uh, things for houses and actually have to say, sorry, folks, but i got to take your house. No, this you is government. You don't say sorry, you just take it. And then we bulldoze it and actually build the Edgewood field right there where they used to live. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, just, I, just, we bulldo- had, just bulldoze it to piss on it. Yeah, so like they done. expanded Highway. Leave it Fort- as an empty lot. <laughs> it's an empty lot. They expanded, uh, you know, Highway 14 out in Cross Plains years ago. My buddy owned a business, and the, the state bought it. He just like retired because I gave him a crap ton of money for the land so they could expand 14. We just do the opposite. We just tell these blood clots down there, we're, we're kicking your ass out of here, and you're paying us to leave, and we're gonna build Mount Notice. Right across the street from Edgewood. Oh, I had an update on the uh, the blood clots down there of what they said after the thing was passed. I have to get it real quick. The comments they made after the um, they struck down their master plan, they said that it was a great day for them. Oh, oh my God. I need, let, let me find it because I, yeah. I don't want to butcher it. Nelson I and I will words. talk, Brewers. You look that up. I mean, we did make that official uh, yesterday. You just made the list! That there was the Madison Planning Commission is back oh, up for debate. I got it. Okay, go ahead. They they were glad that the new proposal was struck down because if it were to go through, it would affect their health and well-being of living in the neighborhood. It would affect their health and well-being of kids playing a sporting event until 9 o'clock at night. Think about that. <laughs> we're so glad hey, it got struck down that. because if this when stadium would have been built, seven. it would have affected our health and our well-being. Stop it. Dude, we'll we'll deal with those clowns, uh, those ass clowns on Friday. Um, all right, so okay, maybe we're not ready for a Wade Miley parade yet, but Nelson, I'm just I'm grasping at straws here. I mean, even Madison Baumgartner was. I wasn't too excited about that. Uh, looks like he's going to the the Dodgers now. I will say this: the, the guy that I wanted you to drive to Oklahoma for last year is still out. Uh, that's. Would you rather have Dallas Keuchel or Wade Miley or both? Could you get both of them or one of them? And if you got one of them, who'd you rather have? Man, if I'm the Brewers, I'd probably rather have Wade Miley more of a deal. He's already familiar with the city of Milwaukee and the team. And he threw probably, if you'd have to go, I don't have the stats in front of me, but probably pretty close to what Keuchel did last year, and he'd be much cheaper. I'll look it up now. Would you get greedy and go for both? Man, I would rather take some other guys at lower prices because I feel like Keuchel's still going to be due in the teens. Well, isn't it the Brewers' M.O.? Other guys at lower prices. Exactly. <laughs> well, right. And then, you know, the one, like we said, you always, the Brewers are really good at making players rich elsewhere. I mean, you could say, Wade, you just didn't stay long enough last time. Like, give it another year or two and we promise you're going to get, like, you know, Garrett Cole money in two years. Just right. just come back to Milwaukee for one or two more. He just didn't, he didn't marinate long enough yeah. All right, in here the you sauce. Go. So, games played, Keuchel is 19. He's 8-8 eight and eight with a 3.75 ERA and a 1.37 whip. And then Wade Miley was 14-6 and six in 33 games with an ERA at 3.98 with a 1.34 whip. So, that's pretty close. Yeah. But one's probably going to get... Half the money the other does if they both sign. Wade Miley just looks like a Wisconsin guy. I was just going to say, the guy that fits in more, if we're doing Wisconsin person of the year uh, today, um, Wade Miley would definitely be more of Wade uh, Miley looks like Wisconsin. Yeah.
He 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 needs a little pot belly and he unkept need- hair. <laughs> <laughs> little little beard rocking, little kept beard. You know, he's got the new. I could see Wade Miley walking New Balances yeah. or the uh, the Nike shoes. Um, Something like little bags under his eyes because he probably hasn't slept too much. He just looks like Wisconsin. He's the old townie at the random bar yeah, in yeah, City exactly. here. Yeah, yeah. He, he he definitely you know could wear jorts in the summer. You know, every old townie at a bar would tell you they would have been the next superstar athlete if it wasn't for insert injury here. Wade Miley's that guy, but he never got injured. <laughs> and he actually plays yeah. in the big put, leagues. Put it on a Twitter poll. Does Wade Miley own a pair of Nike Monarch shoes? You can go to any townie bar or any bar, and some guy will be sitting there and said, man, what could have been if I didn't insert injury here? It's like, dude, you sucked in high school. You'd never have been anything. Just because you hurt your knee doesn't mean anything, no, wait. dude. I, now I'm, okay, you guys can me. Sorry, Dallas Keuchel, screw you. Derek, Garrett Cole, you can have your $9,000 per pitch in New York. We got to get Miley back. Because yes. Miley could definitely sit at the town pump on Friday night at four thirty, talking about how tough the uh, the city, you know, uh, recycling plant was yep, today. Yep. How good and the football team's going to be next fall. Yep. And when he played in '77, yep. uh, they were ten and one. And these kids these days could be the best team since I played. That could totally be Wade Miley. Oh, and give me a PBR can, and I got to go have a smoke yep. break while you uh, take it off my stack of pull tab dollar bills yeah. right here. I mean, Wisconsin was looking at me. <laughs> Well, I was playing some summer ball, and I just tweaked my knee. I was, I just, my he, career was never the same. He casually mentioned to go uh, visit him this summer while he's pitching at Miller Park. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, if anybody scuffs my new Monarch Fours, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and does anybody have a new Rose Bowl shirt? Yeah, it's about bar time. Better get home to see my kids. By All the right. way, biggest part of the Rose Bowl, how many new Rose Bowl shirts will be at Wisconsin Town Bars for the next 10 years? Do you even buy new Rose Bowl gear? in Oregon. <laughs> Do you even do buy you, a new Rose Bowl gear? Do you break out the old Rose Bowl gear? Well, I went to the Rose Bowl when they played TCU, and I had a shirt. No longer fits, so I might have to get some new ones. Yeah, Nelson's getting a little thicker. But if you're, if you were sixteen, well, yeah. But if you were like in your thirties then, and now you're like, you know, you're, you're a little older now, do you, you still rock that shirt? You still oh, rock dude. it all the time. I guarantee it's on my you got future. Your, you got your your like light Levi jeans, <laughs> your white shoes, and your nineteen ninety what four Rose Bowl shirt. Yeah, yeah, I you're got, ready to go. I guess I'm looking right now. Uh, regularly sixty five dollars. If you go to Coles.com, you can get Monarch fours for forty eight bucks, and that's before your Coles cash. It's quintessential Wisconsin dad. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's required. <laughs> A new law passed that would now make it a misdemeanor to harass or intimidate a sports official. And I look, I have no problem with it. I've seen, we've all seen it, right? Uh, just a whack job parent who goes out and loses their mind and probably should be They're the worst. removed. But my question is, it's not the obvious one. Where, Do you think the whack job parent knows that they're the whack job parent? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And they have no, and but then everyone else in the gym does. Right. And not only do they not know, when you try and call them on it, they defend it like you're the stupid person. It's like, dude, you're the only person standing up screaming to your right. face till you're red in the face. And it's like, how do you not know? So I'm glad they're doing this because, look, there's a shortage of officials because it's volunteer work or it's very little money. Why would I want to give my free time, my hard-earned to time, get to get yelled at at a little kid's baseball game or a little kid's soccer game? So you have to protect the officials, but... You, you also, I don't want to go down like a rabbit hole of like every single time now a fan chants something, are we going to be worried that people are going to get like yanked out of the stands and be arrested? Because, I mean, 
there's a difference between that was a bad call Dude. and I'm going to like meet you in the parking lot after the game with a baseball bat. There's a difference between those two statements. So did the law pass or it's like... It's, a, yeah, it's done. It's all right. passed. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're getting your, you know, your feet wet for being a lawyer, what you do is... You go get your own concession stand. You'll get a walking taco at one and a oh walking lawsuit at the other. It'll be beautiful. I You'll make love, a lot of money. Hey, man, walking tacos. Walking tacos. Oh, dude. It's especially You get a walking taco and a walking lawsuit. You're good to go. Okay, more important question. Better walking taco with Fritos or Doritos? Got to be Fritos. Fritos, taco meat, um, let like the iceberg lettuce chopped up, a little bit of the sour cream, and some hot sauce on it. I'm going Fritos as well. Yeah, Fritos for sure. Well done, you guys. Uh, Conrad, welcome to the Joe and Ebo show. I have, like, way more respect for Ebo now that I know that he's a walking taco connoisseur. The walking oh. tacos rule, Conrad. Dude, Conrad, yeah, I, I have three I mean, kids. I, I'm I've, gonna... been, I've been going to youth sports for 20 years. I, I mean, that's that's hot dogs and walking tacos are required at a youth sporting and event. Thank you so much. I'm glad I could get your respect finally with yeah, the walking hey, man, taco. When it, when, it comes, when it comes food, I mean, I'm all, I'm all ears. <laughs> so, hey, guys, uh, you know, this whole official thing – you know, this has been – it's almost sad because I, I feel like this is just more of that, uh, you know, trophy for the freaking last place society that we're in and uh, making people – you know, you can't make people feel bad. And, and you know what? Sometimes, you know, people's free wills are getting stripped from them every which way we look. Preach. It's not that I want, like, officials <laughs> to get beat up in the parking lot, but, I mean, there's, like – there's kind of something about that, like not I mean, yelling at the officials is like part of sports. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean that's it, it, so if that and I could honestly see. I remember there was a there was a lady who did the officiate the crowd officiating when I was in high school. So she was like part of the officiating team, but she was nothing to do with the game. It was patrolling the crowd. Wore this giant button that said official. And if you got, like, you know, where she felt it was deemed, like, a little bit pushing the limits, she'd kick them right out of the, out of the little uh, stadium or the little basketball court at the high school. And I always got – I was like, man, you got the power to do that? And, uh, you know, it was always – but now I think with this, I mean, it, it puts Mike McCarthy on the hot seat. I mean, that's for sure. Or he so, just – you know, he, he it, it's called the McCarthy law, you know, but sometimes they enact laws – uh, because of something, so maybe McCarthy will be the the, the law be named after. He's him, but a he, scapegoat. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So All right, later, boy. See you, Conrad. Thank I love this Conrad. tweet from Ob. Yeah, this is funny. The law should be <laughs> that the whack job parent that gets busted for this must ref for free for two months. Yeah, because here's the thing: they only have it as a misdemeanor. And I might know a guy in my life, uh, a friend of mine, Mo Jiller, uh, may have gotten a few misdemeanors when he was growing up, and it's like less than a speeding ticket right yeah. so it's not it's not about you're gonna go to jail and you're gonna pay thousands of dollars and you're gonna hire a lawyer it's more about um you, we want to humiliate you and we want to pull you aside and say don't do it again and if you do it again you could be in serious trouble so yeah it's not about the money ebo make it about something it would be much more punitive to have that ref go out there and yeah. be screamed at for a month like they screamed i forget at. what people are doing but there's a couple of cities now like to pay your parking tickets back they have you donate to the food pantry like that's a that's a good solution to paying back a ticket yeah you messed up but it wasn't egregious or anything here you are helping your fellow man now if you get busted belittling a ref now you got to be a ref and if you suck at it then you get free range to get belittled. Then how does how should how should that work? <laughs> <laughs> I look. I, I like what Conrad said. Yelling at refs kind of is part of 
sports, though. It, but it, is it? But but that's my point. It is, and I don't have a look as a again as a coach, as a kids who have, have a parent who has kids that play, and as a guy who when I'm not, I every job, every coach at some point has to bite the bullet and be a ref. So I've had to ref. I don't have a problem with a parent getting on me. But I, what I would have a problem with is a parent threatening me or yeah. threatening my kids or threatening to hurt people. So that's my problem with this is where do you draw the line? Like if if a, if a parent screams out, get some glasses, ref, I have zero yeah, just issue with that. And that shouldn't – I hope – That's sports. Right. I hope that doesn't make saying get some glasses, ref. What if someone says, I'm going to punch through your face for like, you know, right. I'll, throw, I'll meet you in the parking lot. There's an issue. Correct. I just hope these are obvious and that people don't go over the top with this. And every time somebody opens their mouth now at a sporting well, event, they're going to be worried about being yanked out of the stands. Uh, Eric, welcome to the Joe and Ebo show. Hey, good morning, boys. What's up? What's up, hey, Eric? My son is 12 years old and does the AAU travel basketball circuit. Those parents are absolutely freaking nuts. Oh, oh dude, my God. I do. My brother, was, my brother did AAU basketball and I traveled around a lot with them. Those parents are nutty, dude. Oh, yeah, they're crazy. I like the idea that the referees get like a half dozen ball gags that they can assign <laughs> to people in the stands. You're welcome to stay, but you wear this the rest of the game. I like that. I like that a lot. Some parents might act really like that, though, Eric, if you know what I'm saying. Well, that's, yeah, that's a problem. You, know, you might have a few. Like, so, Eric, what do you, I mean, do you think this will be common sense or will this law be abused and, like, now they're going to get, like, drunk with power and every time somebody criticizes a rep? Or do you think we'll be smart enough as a society to say it's only those whack jobs that threaten violence? Society is never smart enough not to take things too far, yeah. you know, and, and the problem is it's, it's like a zero-tolerance policy. Now, all of a sudden, you know, kids are in trouble because they've got aspirin in their locker. Yeah, You know, right. it's like... There's there's no right side to it, you know. You can't you can't litigate common sense and courtesy, yep. unfortunately. And you know, you think most of these kids are you know being scouted for D1 scholarships when they're eight years old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, don't get me started on it, man. <laughs> but none of your kids are going. No, through, you know, just like, just because a little Johnny's two feet tall and everyone else hit puberty Correct. before anyone else. Wait wait one yeah. year, all of a sudden yeah, he's not good anymore. Check him for a thyroid condition. It's a pituitary <laughs> problem. You know, as opposed to you know. Yeah. The, the, the one kid who's got Smart man, uh, you know, hair on his boys at seven, uh, Eric, I don't thanks, think that's Eric. anything I'm going to be proud of. That's something that you want to get looked at. Uh, thanks for the Th- phone call. Got a thyroid issue. Uh, 608-321-1670. <laughs> Billy, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hey, guys. You know, I'm thinking that the only punishment that could be appropriate here would ha- would be to have the judge decree that the uh, the uh, offender become the ref's butler. <laughs> <laughs> what are you watching? Some Seinfeld there, Billy? <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks. Thanks Thank Billy. you, Billy. Yeah, I mean, look, so that's a couple good ones. So you could be, you could like work for the ref. I like OB's idea. You just have to be a ref. Yeah, yeah it's like the news of the word we had, where the the college for uh, speeding tickets because the the city's got a really bad yeah, homeless gotta... problem. So they said instead of paying your fine for the speeding ticket, bring in canned foods yeah, for the food. I drive. think that's great. There, isn't there a ref shortage in Wisconsin? Yeah, but this is a reason this why. This is it. If you're an idiot parent that can't keep their mouth shut and you're yelling crazy stuff, now you got to be a ref. Yeah, I think that's genius. Uh, OB, gold star of the day. Twitter poll taking you way back to the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, let's talk about the Packer offense. Who or what is to blame for the Packers' struggles this year? Is it Matt LaFleur? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it the wide receivers or nobody? They're fine. 
Uh, I got a, a GIF of Homer Simpson saying everything is fine from our buddy Rory. I'm guessing he's voting for no one. They're fine. Oh, I think it's a concerned Homer. I think it was uh, uh, everything's fine. Right. It is a concerned Homer. Well done. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was leading earlier. The wide receivers not only are now leading, but leading by almost double digits uh, over Rodgers and LaFleur. Uh, no, they're fine, not getting much love. So Rodgers in second, the wide receivers. Now, this is, you asked me this question earlier, and we ran out of time. Uh, this, to me, is the great debate, not just of Aaron Rodgers, but back to Brett Favre. Uh, Tom Brady's experiencing it right now with New England. Um, the perceived, is it lack of talent, or is it if it's a great quarterback, a great quarterback makes the talent? Because I feel like the Patriots and Packers are, and I'm not talking about the Packers videotaping the Bears' practices this week. Uh, that's between New England and Cincinnati. I'm talking about on the field. But I don't. I, I hear this every week with Brady. Oh, he's got nobody. Gronk retired. He had no wide receivers. That's why the Patriots stink. Uh, if you believe the 43% now that have voted in this saying, well, not Rodgers, it's not LaFleur. It's look at these wide receivers. If you had given him good talent, they'd be fine offensively. And oh, by the way, the Patriots are still 10 and three. And oh, by the way, the Packers are still 10 and three. But that's like, if there's a criticism of both those teams, it's Hall of Fame quarterbacks that don't have very good wide receivers. Yeah. Well, haven't we heard for since Aaron Rodgers became the starter that he makes the wide receiver? Because what happens when like Greg Jennings leaves or James Jones leaves or insert player here leaves? Do you ever hear from them again? Not, not, not really, no. So what makes them so good then with the Packers? I would say it'd be... Well, that could be your boy Mike McCarthy and a great system. It could be Aaron Rodgers. It could be a yeah. winning culture. It could be a better offensive line. It could be now. I'll say like a lot J- of things. Jordy Nelson, James Jones, Greg Jennings. I'd take that in a heartbeat over who Marquez Valdez Scantling, Geronimo Slow. I mean Geronimo. That's Allison. pretty good. How come we How haven't is Geronimo that? still on this roster? Who are How you going to replace, replace him with, with? Some guy off the street. I mean, Alan Lazard looks like he's capable of being a two, but no one nah. ever. He never gets any targets. He's capable of being. He's an NFL receiver. I will give Alan Lazard that. Geronimo Allison, Jake Kumro, Marquez Valdez Scantling are not NFL wide receivers. They should be happy if Vince McMahon calls them in March to go play in the XFL. Jay Kumaro would, would be he, that guy makes so existed. much. Jay Kumaro, a white dude from Whitewater, Wisconsin. That guy is quintessential XFL. Give Vince McMahon call Jay Kumaro. Got the right long now. hair like they have yeah. in WWE. Jay Kumaro belongs in the XFL. He does not belong on the pack. Did you say he went to Whitewater? No way. <laughs> but you know we've seen Aaron Rodgers make. They got to an NFC Championship game with Jared Aberderis, Jeff Janis. And James Jones on a second tour. Right. But we also said How'd that happen? Well, hang on. We also said that was Aaron Rodgers four years ago, and maybe the Aaron Rodgers today isn't the Aaron Rodgers of four years ago. Which is true. We also uh I do believe Matt LaFleur is gonna be good, but I also am gonna admit you can't judge a coach on year one because every coach is good in year one. The the decision will be is Matt LaFleur still here in three years? Uh, whether you liked or didn't like Mike McCarthy, the guy won a Super Bowl and won a lot of games. When you're that game you're referring to was in the middle of an eight-year stretch where the Packers were the most consistent team in the NFL outside of New England. So, um, I mean, you're right. I mean, the guys they had on the field at the end of that game had no business being in the NFL. Yet they were a hail mary away from being in the NFC Championship game that year. Jeff Janis set a Packers playoff record with Aaron Rodgers throwing right. the ball. What do you have? 183 yards, something like that. Um, but I think it's a combination. I think you take a four years older Aaron Rodgers. I think you take a four years older Aaron Rodgers 
and put them with wide receivers that are as average, if not worse, than that group I in 2014. This is probably the worst receiving yeah, core they're he's terrible. ever played. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has never played with a first-round draft pick that was a wide receiver. And by the way— A first-round— yeah. Offensive skill player. Javon Walker is the last first-round uh, draft pick. So wouldn't this be on Brian Gutekunst then? Yeah, but he's he could, only been there for two years, and he decided to work he, on the defense. He picked, True. Yeah. And, he picked, and the defense better. has gotten better. Yep. It's just so when do you, you guys buy like, then that if they had Jordy Nelson from two years ago and had kept Randall Cobb and had maybe used a second-round draft pick on a wide receiver – that they might still be 10 and three. Cause it's not like they could, you know, they're pretty good, yeah. but that they'd be Rogers would be top five in passing yards and touchdowns. And the offense, which is, I think what 18th would be top 10. And then at least you could feel like if they get into a shootout with the saints in the playoffs, they could keep up with them. Or if San Francisco's defense is that good, that they could maybe just one Sunday in January, find a way to get to them. Well, the thing that is so perplexing is, Aaron Rodgers of how good he was and still is. You see, you see flashes of it still. Why, when Devontae Adams went out, there was Just, there was no – so it's the same wide receivers minus a pro bowler. Probably, I mean, this is what, Devontae, top five or top ten? You can make the argument top five. Devontae Adams, a top five wide receiver, is gone for four games and the same crop of wide receivers we've seen that we just can't stand – the Packers' offense looked the best then, as they're targeting Aaron Jones. What, I, how do you? How do you? You can't. That it's that's, boggles the mind. Yeah, that's a really good question, and I think it's the. Uh, by the way, six. If someone, you know, we heard Scott twice today. We know we have geniuses. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. No, I'm just saying we have the smartest listeners. That's true. That's a really good question. That's the. That is Evo. What you just Wait, people asked. say it's the wide receivers' fault. That's the wide receivers are leading, I, right? Then how come when the wide receivers, when Devontae Adams was gone with injury, with turf toe, the Packers' offense looked the best? It's the question of the season for the Green Bay Packers. And oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers was at that point leading the NFL in passing yards, had a perfect passer rating, and had the best odds. After the Chief game, Rodgers was the odds-on favorite to win the MVP. So what? that's the question. I'm not smart enough as a football guy or a sports guy to answer that question. Because it shouldn't have happened, and you're right. They have clearly regressed offensively so, since Devontae Adams came back. Is it the, the rest of the defensive coordinators caught up to them? Is it they're forcing the ball to Devontae Adams? Is it Aaron Rodgers isn't doing a good enough job getting it to these – and it isn't the wide receiver's fault. It's back to where we started this morning. It's Aaron Rodgers' fault. That, to me, what you just asked – is the biggest question of this Packers so season. So Aaron Rodgers looked really good with just targeting Aaron Jones, which is rare for a Packers quarterback to have a running back. Devontae Adams comes back, and what does Matt, they Lef- stink. And what does Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers do? Stink. Forget about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones yeah. got, like, no work. All of a sudden, Matt LaFleur's like, oh, oh, yeah, I got this guy that actually is really good. Let's use him again. What did we see happen? If it wasn't for Aaron Jones against the Washington Redskins, yeah, probably lose. Packers lose the game. That would be the, probably the biggest embarrassing loss the Packers have had in a, quite some time. But if it wasn't for Aaron Jones, who, oh, 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 yeah, we have this guy. I forgot we had him for a couple games. They use him, and they and they win because of him. I just don't, I don't, how can I, it, I don't get it. To a, me, it's LaFleur or Rodgers. I think what you just said, if there's, there's somebody out there that wants to brave that question, because I think that is the question of all questions when it comes to the Packers. Why were they 4-0, and why did Aaron Rodgers have a perfect passer rating? when they didn't have Devontae Adams, and since he's come back, 
They've been a average to below average offense. I think that's the best, best question Is of the Aaron year. Rodgers hurt. Well, he played last year with a broken leg, Nelson. Yeah, they almost had to amputate it last year. <laughs> he could have died. I don't think he's that I mean, hurt. he's going through these stretches where he plays so crappy. Last year, he played so crappy the whole season. Dude, in 2014, he had a piece of his calf missing, and he, he won the MVP. Maybe we need to get him more hurt. Maybe he's not hurt enough. Or maybe he was never hurt. I mean, these are all great. I mean, it's the healthiest the Packers have ever been this late in the maybe season. Maybe they're too healthy. And the numbers are exactly the same as offense that they were last year. Save these questions for Friday. These are great conspiracy theory Friday questions. You know what else we're going to have Friday? You know what else we're going to do on Friday, you know what, you guys? Love fraud. No. We're going to have the Amon Green Show. Matt will oh, be busy yeah. on Friday. We're Friday. going to have the Amon Green Show live in oh, our sound lounge. full game plan this week? <laughs> nice. No, Good well, maybe Amon can bring it. All right, what do you guys think? Ryan Braun, <laughs> as far as Wisconsin Sports Person of the Year, for, you know, rallying, having a renaissance throwback type season. Um, I'm still like the Bakhtiari idea, but Nelson, I assume you would you would – endorse Braun potentially as Wisconsin sports person of the year? I would actually probably, I would go with it if he was nominated, if I knew he was uh, retiring after the season. Um, and on a high note, right off in the sunset. Okay. Never to be heard from again. I really like your uh, your suggestion, Miller. Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. I don't think anybody did. Who got more, well, Giannis made, I mean, Giannis did. Who got more publicity for the state this year? Giannis Adenokounmpo or David Bakhtiari? And not Bakhtiari. David Bakhtiari is a member of the Packers. David Bakhtiari chugging beer. That became a viral sports movement, and it made beer chugging cool again. You're chugging beer at a sporting event for the Bucks. You play for the Packers. That's like that's everything yeah. embodied in Wisconsin. I don't think anybody got more coverage for the state this year than David Bakhtiari did. And again, for chugging beer. For chugging beer. I mean, not that he's not a great player, uh, but this has nothing to do with what he did on the field for the Green Bay Packers. This has everything to do. Uh, with what he did. Uh, yeah, I, I think David Bakhtiari is great for that one. I mean, uh, the obvious choice would be Giannis probably. What? No one really said anything about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. He's got to win some kind of award. The Heisman snubbed well, him. He's All-American now. Another one I cannot believe you guys didn't reference. I mean, how many times do you have this high of a great draft pick? I'm surprised Rashawn Gary hasn't been considered for sport. God, he's his own agent. Uh, his own foundation. Block Nelson um, on Twitter. Uh, why would Rashawn Gary Nelson not be considered for Sports Person of the Year in Wisconsin? Joe, did you ever place that bet of Rashawn Gary defensive rookie? <laughs> yeah, of I year? did. I put five bucks on my bookie. Uh, my bookie at twelve to one. My bookie thanks you for your donation. <laughs> it's not over yet. <laughs> hey, by the way, I'm surprised we didn't get on this. Speaking of betting, which this show is founded upon. Uh, Wisconsin is an underdog at Rutgers tonight. Did we just like blow right what? over that? Yeah. Three, plus, was it three points? Plus two. Two? I mean, it's pick them basically. Tough look for Gardo. T- they're an underdog at Rutgers. Mm. That. They just beat Indiana by 20, though. That is Don't a Nelson would that. say a Judas. I'm just moment. glad that the game's on at six o'clock. Because God damn, they're an underdog against Rutgers. Badgers are on at six o'clock, which oh. is very nice. But then the Bucks are on at eight freaking thirty. Thanks, Zion Williamson, man. Man, Judas. They Priest. wanted a Giannis v uh, Zion for prime time. Now it's gonna be Giannis just beating the hell out of a bunch of who? What are, What are you talking about? You you even on the Pelicans? I I, I heard the Pelicans were a sneaky good team. Boy, <laughs> you better stay in your lane. I mean, besides. Besides uh, Lonzo Ball. There's only two Ball. dudes better than me. And I'm, and I'm both, both of them. them. I think he's got Brandon Ingram. Will LeVar Ball be at Pfizer Forum tonight? No. It, Boy, you better stay in your lane. If LeVar knows what's good for him, he will be. 
Uh, Chad, what's up, man? Hey, boys. I just heard you were talking about Rashard Gary. I have one quick question. I'm going to see if Nelson's on the ball. One, is he injured? Because I haven't seen him in forever. And two, if he isn't injured, what packages are they playing him in, and what are his statistics? It's called the left-out package. Chad, Bro, I mean, the pro plays left reference in. has to have some numbers. Like, has he has he played? He's got 16 in... tackles and a, allegedly one sack. I mean, allegedly smothering. Wow. Yeah, garbage. I think he's actually been playing the position that's located right next to the uh, Gatorade. He's the he's the center of the bench guarding the water. <laughs> he's... Man. <laughs> He's wow, clearing the path a... for the water boy. But hey, I'm glad we used the 12th overall pick on a real impact player. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, you'd, you'd like to see something more. I, maybe maybe we'll get something out of him, but I don't know. It's not looking good. Well, here's when the I thing, start Chad, questioning the Harvard of the Midwest. Yeah, I was going to say, Brian Gutekunst graduated from UW-Lacrosse. Nelson mm-hmm. proclaims it's the Harvard of the Midwest because he's also a graduate of UWL. So what's that my say younger about? Bro- my younger brother's a graduate. What's that also? say about Goody and UWL? Thank you, Chad. Thanks, Chad. Well, what do you know? We got a couple haters. Couple haters. Yeah, the haters. I said, think the final straw for that that broke the camel's back was the block on Twitter. You you guys need to follow Ice Ice T on 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 Twitter. He'll tell you the, <laughs> the, the haters are never mad enough. This article was written a little bit ago. Packers pleased with Rashawn Gary, regardless of what stats say. Thank you, thank that, you. That's AKA probably Rob Reichel's. Hey, you know smart. what? The Packers also big believers in participation trophies. But the that thing is, is, is not, he even qualified for a participation trophy? He doesn't play. That he doesn't is, get to participate. <laughs> Darius Smith says he's going to be a beast someday. Oh, just, this article is actually from August. That be, uh, you guys Packers... are the same guys who threw Kenny Clark under the bus. No, I, I love the Kenny Clark pick. Never said a bad word about Kenny Clark. Uh, he said a lot of bad words about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense today. It's because it but, stinks. Yeah, it's uh, terrible. Who is to blame? What's worse, Rashawn Gary or the Packers Joe, offense? What was, when was the Should've last time Aaron Rodgers in this offense was good? The fourth quarter against the Giants. Yeah, there you go. Uh, here, you guys be happy. You know, 210 votes. Uh, <laughs> the last time I saw a good Packers offense, they beat the Cowboys on the, hey, the miracle kick. Yeah, they beat them. 43 percent. <laughs> that of you was say three the, years ago. Was three 43 percent of you say the wide receivers are the reason. 32 percent Aaron uh, Rodgers. 15 percent Matt Lafleur. So there you go. Uh, and this one again, I'm I'm real disappointed with the results, Evo. I guess I maybe didn't word it enough, or maybe. We don't get out enough. Uh, we got to do more remotes, uh, remotes like we did last week because that was great. Uh, is our Nike Monarch shoes required to be worn in a bar for it to be considered a Wisconsin townie bar? Yes or no? Only fifty-one percent of you say yes. And my actions on radio poll—that—that's like ninety-one percent. Maybe they're just not paying attention to the feet, like the shoes, the shoe Again, wear. Not everybody has to. But wear the Monarchs. One. Still got like a sore thumb. Like you could spot yes. those from a mile away. Like, yeah, this guy's a definitely a dad, and he knows how to grill, and he knows how to pound beer. He's got just old man strength. Yep. Usually oh, wearing like a Packers starter God. jacket that's like, you know, you know that Packers starter jacket looks a little dingy? I mean, can you imagine the flooding of the marketplace of Rose Bowl gear that's going to be the, coming? What's the height and pinnacle of Wisconsin nice. fashion? Is it a Rose Bowl shirt, like the acid wash, the light Levi jeans, and the Monarchs? Or is it like you got to throw like a starter jacket from the 90s that hasn't yeah, been if washed? Got, if you have a Packers, like, 92 laminator, you know, well, like, What you do is you buy a sweatshirt now for this Rose Bowl, but you don't wear it yeah, for you, another 20 you years. You age it. You no, you got to wear it because you got to get the, like the crack, the cracks and like the graphics and stuff, you know? Oh, 
It's like if anybody faded. has a gently used pair of Nike Monarchs, please bring them to 730 Rayovac Drive. It's my holiday shoe drive. People do toy drives. We're doing shoe Salvation Arts. We're doing a Monarch drive. We're dressing the dads of Wisconsin. Yeah. If you have gently used Mikey Monarchs, please bring them to 730 Rayovac Drive. And I guarantee there's one dad right now wearing Monarchs. <laughs> you are a legend, sir. You are a legend. We, we might want to team up with the mom squad. They oh might God. be the ones cleaning out their husband's the closets. We're the dad squad. We're the, the dad, dad dudes. The, dad the mom dudes. squad of the dad dudes. Getting your monarchs. <laughs> hey, tomorrow it's uh, football kicking underway with uh, week 15 in the NFL. I love Sorry, it. Good. I love it. I was going to say the fantasy zone. I don't know where I got sidetracked. <laughs>